Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property, seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Go. Hello, hello, Derek. I am super excited to have you with us today. We're here with another Luxury Short-Term Rental podcast. And tonight we have an extra special guest, Derek Barker, a very, uh, I would call you a famous superstar in this space. (laughs) (laughs) But you and your amazing wife, Brittany, that has come up with a pretty unique solution for short-term rental hosts and investors who are experienced with STRs in the space. So just really excited to share with our audience some unique products that you have. Uh, available. We've been doing a number of different funding uh, solutions over the last uh, couple of sessions or so. Introduce yourself to the people. All right. Um, so yeah, Derek, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Nectar. Uh, we provide cash flow-based financing uh, to real estate entrepreneurs who own and operate uh, rental properties. Uh, you know, We've we done a lot in the short-term rental space. Um, before that, uh, so I, I started my career uh, really as an entrepreneur. So I started my first successful venture when I was a freshman at Harvard. That's also where I met, where I met Brittany. We we're in the same uh, same freshman dorm, actually. We live in the same place. Um, then I ended up uh, getting into real estate my, my senior year in college. So I kind of wrote that uh, in, started buying properties. Um, I also worked in finance as a as a you know a bond trader on Wall Street, uh, but. I really spent most of my career, you know, since 2013 buying apartment complexes. I'm from Southwest Atlanta. It was a place that got really hard hit by the financial crisis. And, uh, and after the, so after college, I was, you know, was pretty uh, focused on going back home, buying blighted apartments, making them the nicest apartments in the neighborhood, renting them out and did about $450 million of that type of uh, you know, pro, you know, deal volume of that type of deal. Um, and then a- along the journey, partnered up with Brittany, we've done several businesses together, um, but we built a 125 unit short-term rental portfolio. Um, a lot of it was in our apartments. Some of them were standalone, um, but that was kind of our business. And that was our focus. And we saw how much cash flow you could make in the short-term rental business. Uh, we also saw just how challenging financing is it was then and is now um even if you're even if you're like us and you've done a bunch of you know we had done 100 million dollars in deals uh more than that um and so we you know but even for us financing was a challenge you know because you had um you know but they're still not going to get all the cash you need to to, to do to, you know to, to build your business and to you know to buy your next property 
Um, uh, and so that's what we started. That's what we started Nectar. So that people who have, uh, you know, a portfolio that's cash flowing, whether you're an operator or your owner, you can leverage that cash flow to buy your next property or to put up, you know, for furnishing or whatever working capital needs. I love that. And so tell us a little bit about your personal um, insights and experience with the challenges associated with running a short-term rental business. I know Brittany was super host on Airbnb. Could you talk a little bit about that and the transition into Nectar full-time? Yeah. So it was, we got started. We started, we had a I'll tell you a little bit about our, just our first short-term rental and then, you know, how, how we became, you know, how she became a super host. So our first short-term rental was uh, we had an apartment complex in, At- in Atlanta, Georgia, you no know, downtown. And we, it was, we were running it and it was fine. And we were like, Hey, why don't we try this Airbnb thing? Uh, so we got two units and, you know, I was sitting there putting the furniture together, you know, went to Ikea, you know, Ikea, we didn't know anything about <laughs> what we were trying to, uh, I would say like nothing against Ikea is not the, you know, if you want things to last for a long time, it's not your best bet. Uh, but, you know, we were putting together the Ikea furniture and got it up and got it listed. And, um, and yeah, we just like really it was just us just kind of, you know, trying to figure out how to make a little bit of extra cash flow out of our properties. And it went well. You know, we put it up. It was this is 2017. Wasn't a lot of competition. You know, it was all, you know, was, so we start a couple of weeks later is, you know, started getting booked and, you know, just learned all the hard lessons one, one after another. And uh, we ended up just start with those two, then did a couple more, did a couple more. Um build out a like a team we had to deal with all the issues so you know from people throwing parties to trafficking to like you know shootouts we had a lot of we had a lot of stuff go down and we learned a lot <laughs> nah, but some of the finances were challenging is lenders don't get it you know like now there are a lot more options there's some really good lenders out there but when we were first starting lenders were like they did not get it um uh, and even still, like when you buy a property, like, you know, you buy, you know, we had a, we were fortunate enough to have some cash, but we buy two, three properties and then your cash is in your properties. You don't have, you know, even though you're cash flowing, you don't have the cash to go buy that next property. It's in your, you know, it's already in, you know, the deals that you've done. Uh, so that's where, um, you know, that was cut perpetually the challenge. We started raising equity from investors and investors are great. They give you the money you need to do your deal. But they're going to take most of the upside. They're going to take 70% of the upside. Uh, you're going to have to pay a preferred return. Um, and so, you know, after doing that for a while, for, you know, several years, you're like, oh, there just has to be a better way uh, where somebody like us who have a bunch of cash flow coming in, how can we like, you know, borrow against this? Uh, and that's kind of where we started, Nectar. Uh, it came in 2020. We had a cash flow portfolio. We were under contract to buy an apartment complex out in LA. Uh, the, you know, the, our earnings money was our, had already gone hard. And then our lender pulled back last minute. They were, um, they were like, you know, they, they were like, Oh no. And it left a gap, a gap in funding. Um, this is March, 2020. So they had their reasons. Uh, there was some, you know, pandemic or something going on. Uh, but for me, I was like, what, like, this is crazy. Like, you know, the deal was supposed to close in three weeks and I have to come up with like, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars. Uh, well over like uh, you know, well over hundred thousand uh, dollars. 
Um, and that's where we came with the idea. What if we could just borrow against this cash flow that we're generating? Um, and it turns out like a lot of people will have that feeling like, hey, you're generating cash flow, but you don't need enough, you know, five thousand dollars that's going to come through this month, or you know, twelve thousand dollars is going to come through this month. You need one hundred fifty thousand in order to get a deal done, in order to get something done. Um, and so that's what starting next year, so you can borrow against that cash flow. So I I think that's really unique. Okay, you and Brittany are Harvard grads. You get a high, you know, paying, very um, well positioned job in um, Wall Street, <laughs> and it, it seems like you're leveraging that um, experience to enter into the space because the concept of borrowing against cash flow is is something that's foreign um, to me, and it's something that I think is going to be foreign to a lot of our listeners. So could you kind of expound upon that? How did you make that connection? Because I have found myself in that position. It's like, oh my goodness, I promise you there's money coming. Like, can't you see it? Why won't you do this deal with me? Um, you know, those growing pains when you're starting out, it's like, why can't we make sense out of this, right? And so I just love that you leverage that knowledge and, and you've, pretty much infused this into a space where we hadn't seen anything like that before. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned, I was, so I, when I left college, you know, I, my, my background, like, you know, the neighbor, like where I'm from, there's not like a lot of uh, capital as <laughs> like, so, you know, now. Um, and I knew that, that was going to be an issue. And so like after college, yeah, I made it a point to, I, I got a job at Goldman Sachs. So I figured that's where people know about, you know, how, how capital moves and where I can learn about risk and how to, you know, how to gain access. And by, by you know, I, not that I knew anything, but I just like looked up into getting a job where I was trading structured products, where literally we were trading bonds, which all these bonds were, were loans against cash flow. Um, so like one... One bond I would trade was a tobacco bond, which is literally the tobacco companies got sued by the states and the states like were getting a stream of income from the tobacco companies. Still get it. Still you know, going on right now. And they just borrowed against that. And now and at Goldman Sachs, we were trading those bonds. And so I've seen it happen. And like if you can if 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 a if a state can borrow against t- a tobacco revenue stream from a tobacco company from some lawsuit that happened like you know a, you know a decade ago then you should be able to borrow against your cash flow on real properties that you know that you're that you're operating uh so i don't know yeah you you just take little things from different parts of your life and kind of put it together i love that and so with that you're able to create a platform that just really differentiates itself from I think most of the lending products that, if not all, that we're um, that we're aware of. So I think that's very, very interesting. So can you explain a little bit more about Nectar and and how it plays in the capital stack? Because I don't want any of our, you know, real estate investors and our short term rental hosts and our accredited investors. I don't want them to miss out on the variety of roles of the capital stacks that you have within Nectar. Yeah. So here's the good use case. Like, so we are one thing that's important. We are not a mortgage, right? There, we, but we are specifically set up to work with your mortgage lender. Um, so like the way you're gonna typically put the deal together is you're gonna get a mortgage debt, 
and you're going to get equity. That's either your cash out of your pocket or from investors. We're something that's neither of those really. We're not equity because we're doing typically you know one to five year terms. Typically, it's going to be three to five years where you're paying us back a equal monthly payment. So you know we're not getting and we're not getting any upside. So at the end of that, say three years, we're gone completely. You now you keep your property, you keep all the upside. If rents have gone up in that amount of time and you're getting more, we don't get to participate in any of that. Um, you know, so but we we are because we're not a mortgage, we don't have a lien on your property. We can't force you into foreclosure, uh, which means that our cost of capital is going to be a little bit more expensive than a mortgage, also. Um, so you get a mortgage, uh, and then typically we will come in. Uh, you know, after that to provide that, you know, you can use us in place of getting an equity investor for the down payment. Um, if you have a property, if you have a portfolio and you're buying a new property uh, and you need to renovate it, you can use our funds for renovations. Uh, we've put, you know, people have used us to buy other management companies. Uh, people have used us to put in, you know, hot tubs into the backyard. Uh, people have used us to, um, uh, to finish construction projects. Uh, but largely anything that you think, oh, you have to come out of your own pocket for, or you have to get an equity investor for, that that's a perfect use case for us. We've got someone use us to hire, you know, an, an acquisitions person that then they win and they start buying, you know, continue to buy more properties. Uh, so those are some, 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 some good use cases. Uh, so kind of how we can fit in. Okay. Uh, and, oh, I'm go sorry. ahead. I was going to say another important thing is like, we don't restrict your use of funds to the property that we're financing. So let me explain what that means. If you have four properties and we finance and we like are, are financing those four properties, you don't have to put that money back into those four properties. You can take the funds and put it into buying another property. Or put it into you know buying you know another business. It has to be a business expense, but another business expense that's not related specifically, uh, you know, to put you know to um to those properties. And that's the way that we're really we really differ from asset based financing, uh, using like a mortgage or or equity. So that's that brings me to my next question. Then, um, so Derek, what would you say would be some of the qualifications, uh, that Nectar would be looking for to work with uh, an individual looking for this type of product. Yeah, I'd say one big thing is experience. Like we're 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 not set up to for your first Airbnb. Um, it's just that you know it's a it's something where what I learned is that you learn so much in that first year. We learned so much in that first year. And sometimes it costs money to learn those lessons. And, uh, and we're, we're just not set, you know, we're not set up for that. Uh, so like you have to have at least three years of experience. That's one qualification. Um, your properties have to be stabilized. We're only looking at stabilized cash flow. So we're looking at, okay, how much money did you make last year? You have to have fight, you know, actual, actual financials, uh, from the last year that we can look at to see, okay, this is how much this property is making. We're not just going to look at projections and what you think you're going to make next year. Um, and then a business bank account. You have to have a, a the property has to be an entity, or if you're a management company, you have to have a, an actual LLC, actually company. And 
your the bank account has to just be a company bank account. So it can't be like, you know, the you know, your property and then you know, private school and you know, lunch and you know, brunch with your friend on Sunday and like you know, all that other stuff. Like uh you know, we we don't like you know co-mingle personal and business expenses. Um <clears throat> you know, it's really difficult for, for us to work with that. So those are going to be the primary things we're looking for. So some amount of experience, uh, actual separate business account and business entity, and, you know, an actual <clears throat> performance, actual like 12 months of actual, like, you know, cash flow where you're making, po- you know, making positive net income. I love that. And I know our listeners are going to have questions. So feel free to add them to the chat wherever you are watching us and we will be sure to circle back in and get those questions respond responded to. And so let me ask you this. I think this goes hand in hand uh, with what we were just talk, talking about. So outside of the experience and the uh, net cash flow requirement, as well as the business entity set up, having those in place, what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions or misunderstandings around this particular product? One is like, we're not going to replace your mortgage. Like, you know, if you can get like a mortgage is going to be cheaper, it's going to be more restrictive, but it's going to like, you know, we're not going to replace your mortgage. Like you're going to, you know, probably want to get a mortgage if you can, if you, you know, if you, um, if you, you know, don't have one. (laughs) Um, Another thing is, you know, um, like we move really fast. So our first deal we can get done six days, uh, a follow on deal. We can do in 24 hours, as quick as 24 hours. We can only move as fast as like as you can move though. <laughs> so you get some people that come through and say, hey, here's my information. I want to close tomorrow. And it's like, okay, well, like uh like bank statements or like operating agreement. Like we need we need these things. So like you know, if you have your stuff together, uh then we can move super duper fast. Um and as I said, like very easy for us to get a deal done in you know five, six business business days. We're paying attention, like the I'd be remiss if I left the conversation without talking about what's going on in the general macro environment. Um, like, I'm, I'm very interested, Rachel, in what you're seeing out there and what you're hearing uh, from, from from your from your guests and seeing uh, because you know, interest rates are higher. Interest rates are higher. Lenders are pulling back, and uh, you know, there's a lot of supply out there, and it's you know. In 2017, it was like, you know, anything you kind of anything you put out there and put on Airbnb was going to sell out and you're going to make a ton of money. It's not the case anymore. Now it's a case where in what I'm saying is like the people who are professional, like, you know, like really focusing on hospitality. Really focusing on um, having their. uh, you know, their ducks in a row and being organized and, and, and providing a good quality experience and not um, and, 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 and running it as an actual business, they're outperforming. Uh, the people who are in markets where they're, they're re- it's a regulated market, but they have the licensing. We're definitely, we're definitely seeing that. We're definitely watching out for that. Uh, is that what, what have you seen about around those things, Rachel? Yeah. The, similarly to you, Derek, you know, those who are putting the permitting in place are going to be the winners because they are going, um, I would say they were going above and beyond what most uh, who are hosts are willing to do. 
And so although regulations are definitely important and you must take that into consideration, but as long as we know what the regulations are and as long as it's not unfair regulation where it's a complete ban across the board, if they delineate you know, what needs to be done and you're able to um, execute that, I think you know it's an opportunity to set yourself apart, right? From those who are just either not willing to take the steps to complete it, or unfortunately, those who are going to operate illegally and then face fines and and you know penalties. So I'm seeing that. I'm seeing those who unfortunately had um, overinvested a few, you know, a couple of years back, who are really impacted negatively, unfortunately, because. You know, they overpaid a couple of years back. And so really getting laser focused on a buy box that is within um, a reasonable margin, I think, is important uh, just because, you know, the numbers look a certain way for a particular market. Just being a little more conservative, I think it's going to be important. Um, underestimating uh, expenses, underestimating taxes, right? underestimating insurance, all of those things need to be taken into consideration for your uh, expense ratios, you know, and not knowing those percentages could really put you in a position where you're going to be tight month after month after month and not have any of that margin. And so before where there was a ton of wiggle room, well, you're not going to have as much wiggle room. So it's going to be really important to be very strategic and to spreadsheet out every single deal, make sure it pencils out. No more set it and forget. I know I sit with my asset management team. We we're looking at our numbers every couple of days, whereas it used to be, you know, once a week where we're looking at it every couple of days. Okay. Where are the bookings? Where's, you know, what are orphan days? Cause we, we want to make sure that the ship is tight and we want to make sure that we're, taking advantage of every opportunity because otherwise you're leaving money on the table and travel is still happening. I mean, if there are people wanting to book, I want to, I want to take advantage, take advantage and make sure that I am one of the properties that are, that's visible, that they can see it because the algorithm didn't boot me off for whatever reason, which happened right a few weeks back. And so all of those things, there's no more set in and forget it. You you know, I, not to sound weird, but it's time to get intimate with your numbers, people. <laughs> it's time to get up, up close and personal with your numbers. And so those who are able to do that are are really um, bolstering themselves. But those who aren't are really taking a beating right now. That's so true. That's so true. We get intimate with numbers. <laughs> but uh, in the people who are like, are like, you know, uh, you know, yeah, the people who are tight with their numbers and are paying attention and know what those expenses are and keeping expenses tight. Yeah, though, you know, it's 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 uh, it's hunting season for them. Uh, and if you're not one of those people hunting, then you you're might. on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the menu, my friend. You're getting ed up. <laughs> All right. So, so let me ask you this. Um, could you share some examples uh, with us? I know you you actually shared a couple uh, with individuals who actually leverage Nectar to build their team uh, and a variety of other examples. Could you share some examples where, say, the deal didn't go through or the deal went sour 
you know, because look, we want to be an open book. We want to share the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. Well, we've had pretty, you know, we've had really decent underwriting got sales standards. So we haven't had a lot of people who like have like, who's like defaulted, but there have been a lot of deals that we've, we turned down a, a, a good amount of deals. A lot of things that happen that like not having your numbers together or like, well, you get a PL and it says that you're, you made $200,000 last year. Great. You know, we'll do this deal. And then we look at your bank account and it's like, not even saying the same picture, <laughs> like, you know, mm. those, um, we had a deal that we got all the way through and we, you know, yeah, we all, we always are going to verify bank accounts. We're going to like, look at public records. Uh, we're going to like do these things. And like, you know, we had somebody, somebody had 198 NSF fees, things like that. Like we don't like, if you have NSF fees and other people aren't able to get their money, like I'm not going to give you money. And then the NSF fee is going to be me. You know what I'm saying? So like, these are things like to, uh, that are like big red flags. That it's like, they're kind of like, don't pass go. <laughs> Even if everything else is good property looked great, you know, you know, the, you know, the PN was okay, but like, yeah. Um, you know, I, we have seen a lot of like um, people who bought and the numbers were tight in 2022. Uh, a lot of the people, the deals that got done then and they were thinking that things were just going to keep going up. And then like now it's the expenses are higher and the revenue is about the same or lower. And things are, and things are just like, you know, and, and they're like bumbling along and, and, and struggling. like Or like a, supplies come, especially for some of these deals where, um, you know, it, it's another, you know, two bedroom apartment. And they're like, you know, tw- you know, 25 other ones in the same market, charging the same rates with the same, you know, Ikea furniture and, you know, uh, and same painting on the wall. Like, you know, those are those really, those, those have had a tough time. Uh, We've seen a lot of them and, you know, we're, yeah, it's hard for us to get, to get comfortable there and get, you know, get those deals across the finish line. And Um, and I think that's, that's really interesting that you had mentioned that because that's one of the struggles that I have as well, when you're not able to kind of differentiate yourself in the marketplace. So even if it's a property that's not up to par when I first see it, but if I can see the potential where you can add something, add that value to differentiate it from the marketplace, you know, not being a non-cookie cutter property is really important to me as well. And so that's why I I focus on like the single family homes, you could kind of make it into its own thing versus identical. And because with identical properties, you're almost, you know, always compared (laughs) to the other identical same square foot property, no matter how much grass I put on the wall, I'll probably get a couple dollars more. But, you know, so that's my biggest concern with that. So the bottom for price. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a race for the bottom. So so that brings me to the next question to you then. Um, there Are there specific asset classes that are just a non-starter um, for, for Nectar. And I know that we have a lot of unique asset classes these days. Um, I was driving through Oregon. I saw a hammock on Airbnb. Could I borrow against my hammock? <laughs> uh, we'll definitely look at your hammock. We'll look at your hammocks. I'd say, I, we aren't going to do office, you know, like, yeah, I, I know that like, yeah, not a lot of people are like doing offices, but like, we aren't, we also aren't doing offices. I mean, we have a pretty open mind. 
I'd say send it over. If it's if it has good margins and it's cash flowing and it's been doing it for a while and you have experience doing it, uh, like we'll we'll take a look and we'll be pretty open minded. So um, like unique stays like yurts and things like that if they're doing good. Oh, that's interesting. We'll look at all that stuff. What okay. we will do is if you have a mortgage coming due next year, like we're not gonna go like we're not gonna take refinance risk. So like we're not gonna like have so our- tell me that like I'm five because I'm not catching on to what you're saying. So um we don't want our financing to be our term to be longer than your mortgage. Ah, okay. So like if you if you want to do a three-year deal with us or a five-year deal with us, then your mortgage needs to have four or six years left. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want you to have to pay that mortgage back before you pay us back. Because people are having a tough time getting those refinances done. And gotcha. you don't want to be behind that. <laughs> you know, that's gotcha. a, that's something I look at. Um, and, I, and like now, yeah, I know that, you know, there's the hope that interest rates go back down, but mm-hmm. I lock in long-term debt if you can get it right now, because interest rates also very well might go up. Tell you what, there was a, a lot of time in the seventies where people thought that, you know, it's over and interest rates are going back down and interest rate went up, 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 up. Mortgage rates were 18%. Yeah. Out of our lifetimes in the eighties. Right? Yeah. My parents so, remind me all the time when I'm complaining. <laughs> yeah. So that like, and you say, oh, well, that's crazy. It's not, is, is that crazier than two and 3% mortgages? I don't think so. I mean, it's a very similar crazy. <laughs> so like, as a matter of fact, like 10, what, where, where mortgage rates are at right now, historically is not that, it's not that bad. Uh, so I say like, you know, if you can lock it in, you probably, it's, it's safer than having to refinance or get another mortgage later on. Mm, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about risk. You you mentioned risk a little while ago. So how does Nectar handle risk um, for yourself, for its users, especially with all that's going on um, now? Yeah, uh, you know, the the biggest thing for us is we're looking at margins and like and consistently consistency, uh, professionalism. Like so like if you're if you have like professional financials that go back the past 12 months where you can see you're making like good margins, uh, like that's the primary thing. Low leverage, people who've borrowed a ton of money and are like leveraged to the gills. Yeah, that's just not for, uh, yeah, it's a risky place to be in this environment. And that's how we measure risk. How much leverage do you have? As in how much have you borrowed against the income and the assets that you have? And um, how much for every, how much, cash flow are you making? What are your cash flow margins? So a lot of people, when they apply, they'll send us revenue. Oh, I made, you know, $500,000 in revenue. Okay, that's cool. But like, so, okay, subtract out expenses in your mortgage. Like that, that's what matters. Revenue is like people are making $500,000 in revenue and losing money every month. Uh, so like in these environments, what matters is like, you know, if you have, you need a lot, like you're making, you have $500,000 in revenue, you're making $200,000 in cash flow. That means you have the wiggle room to take a 20% haircut. Things can get like the market can go down 20% and you're still good. And we really like, we really like seeing that. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I, I absolutely love this conversation because I know that I have a lot of different 
um, medical professionals and other busy professionals who are at various stages of their investing journey. Some are very burnt out looking for ways to uh, reposition themselves. So Derek, let me ask you about this. Some are actually uh, midterm rental uh, hosts as well. Um, any feedback on that? Um, so we did a lot of midterm rentals also. Um, okay. Both like just in my real estate portfolio and at Nectar, we've done some, some midterm rentals. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you know, it could be a good alternative, you know, you just have to find like, what is your niche? Like, you know, what's your differentiation? Why do why are people going to want to go for you? And then do you have like a, um, like a good pipeline of residents? Um, so we, I, I love mentor rentals, midterm rentals. I think it's like, just, it's, it's like short-term rentals where you can still get better margins, uh, except for you don't have to do all of the turning and, Turning units and cleaners, I don't know. That's like that's hard. <laughs> that's like some of the hardest part, like hardest part of the business. Like just getting all, you know, getting always getting cleaners out there and turning units over and over. So yeah, you know, absolutely. Love, you know. and, and so that's why a lot of the members of our community they love the short term rental, and so do I from the vacation rental perspective of the mid term rental in the suburban areas. So we do like one short term rental, one mid term rental strategy. We call it our our two-door strategy. So um, I love that. And it's great to hear that Nectar can help provide support uh, for, for both of those strategies. So whether you're just starting out or you, you know, you've launched and you, you're, you know, you have that experience, you've been in the business for a little bit over a year and you need a, a property refresh, maybe the furnishings are a little bit stale and you say, you know what? I need to up level or whether you're looking to be a um, a passive investor, you say, you know what, I'm not going to necessarily, um, you know, put my my dog in the show. You know, I'm not going to do that. I know myself, I have a v- very busy schedule. I want to do um, passive investing. I know that Nectar also has a passive product that I, j- I just heard about today and I would love to I'm always looking to share as much information with the people as possible. Could you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Nectar has a, so we, we have a, uh, a fund that allow where we take all the advances that we make, which are really, uh, it's a portfolio of cash flowing properties. Uh, we take the cash flow of that portfolio. We put it into, uh, you know, put it into a fund. And as a passive investor, if you're accredited, you can buy into that fund. You can get quarterly distributions backed by dozens of professional experience, you know, short-term rental and long-term rental operators. And we pay, you know, 12 to 15% uh, annualized returns. With, you know, you don't have to take is not you don't have to take lease up risk or construction risk. You're not worried about like, you know, is it going to uh, refinance? You don't have to worry about the properties going up in value. This is just already stabilized cash flow, uh, where if you're a credit investor and you want some passive income, you can invest with us and we'll pay you, uh, you know, 3% every quarter. So 12 or 12% return off our preferred members. Uh, we can pay a little bit more depending you know, if you, if you, uh, you know, make a little bit larger of a commitment. So yeah, that's, 
Some that if if that if you're if you if you want to get exposure to short-term rentals, you want to get exposure to real estate, to the cash flow, um, but you don't want to do the work. Outlifting <laughs> uh, a finger. Outlifting <laughs> finger. You can get those returns every quarter in your bank account. Uh, and all you have to do is, is log in and look. <laughs> you only have to log in. You can get a ding into your bank account. So that's awesome. And I know that we're looking into transitioning more and more into passive because for me, guys, not just the ROI, it's the ROE, the return on energy too. <laughs> that is the goal for 2023 and onwards for sure. So I'm super excited about that. So for our listeners who are interested in using Nectar and who meet that criteria that we mentioned a little bit earlier, you're an experienced investor, you've got your LLC. Um, and you know your numbers. You know your numbers. You've gotten intimate with your numbers. You have those margins uh, that Derek is talking about. But you can use a little bit more cash so that you could work on getting you know uh, this next project that you have on the pipeline launched and on the way. Um, definitely link. I'm going to add the link uh, below. Uh, just grab that link, and we will connect you with Derek and his team at Nectar. Derek, any final words for the community? I, you know, I like, I love to uh, be a part of your journey and see if we can be supportive in any way. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've been a real estate entrepreneur my whole life. And I love supporting real estate entrepreneurs. I love supporting entrepreneurs, period. So if there's any way we can help, you know, come through, grab that link, uh, you know, then we'll put you, if you, if you say that you're, com- you come from Rachel, we'll put you at the very front of the list, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to you first. Um, and, and yeah, I look forward to, you know, you know, being supportive and, and, and good luck out there. And also same thing with accredited investors. If you're an investor and you're interested, come on through. That's right. Thank you, Derek. And guys, love y'all to the moon and back. Bye-bye for now. Bye.